Lord, do you understand what I'm going through? Can you hear me now, Lord, as I cry out to you, asking, where are you? As I walk through these valleys, as I go through this flood, God, why? Why me? Today we're going to look at Psalm 69 and and experience what David went through as he as he cried out to God and asked him these questions that we so often, I feel, ask. And sometimes we feel like maybe, God, God, you're not answering. Why is that, God? Why don't you hear my cry, God, and, and understand my needs? We've all had floods. Floods overwhelm us every day, actually, and, and they're in something that's part of life. Jesus tells us that we're going to experience hardship in this life. And usually it's more than one. I know I've experienced more than one hardship. Who knows what that flood is for you? Maybe, maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's uh, an addiction like pornography. Maybe it's uh, infertility, not being able to have a child. Maybe it's a broken relationship, or maybe it's something going on at work, and you're not sure. You're like, where is God in all this? And before I go any further, I want to share with you my flood. And more importantly, I guess who I am. Probably some of you guys are like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> My name is Luther Ellis, and uh, I'm a member here at, at K2, and, and I was blessed, uh, fortunate that uh, Dave asked me to do this message, and because and, he knows my story. He knows what I've been through as a family and, and what we've done, and, and he said, uh, would you mind giving this message? And I said, no, I, I'd love to. I mean, I was excited. I was pumped up about sharing this message with you guys today, and as it drew closer, I started fretting. I started like... Am I really the guy to do this message? And, and for me, it was because do I really want to do I really want to lay out my dirt in front of the church? Do I really want to expose who I am on the inside? And and maybe some of you guys see me. I'm usually in the lobby saying hi, how you doing? Out in the parking lot. I love people. I love hearing people and, and experiencing life with people. But do I really want them to see the other side? And maybe that's what you guys are feeling like right now. Maybe there is a, a little moment here of isolation that I really don't want to let people in. So, I played here at the University of Utah. I was excited to play football here for four years, and I was fortunate enough to be drafted by the Detroit Lions. I'll be tenth. Thank you. Thank you. A couple of Detroit Lions. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm sure the rest, I always, um, um, I was fortunate enough to be drafted by the Detroit Lions. I was the 10th pick overall. I was in New York. It was a great event. It was a lot of fun. And it was the exciting times in my life. And I went to Detroit and, and had a pretty good football experience there. I ended up signing at that time the largest signing, or the, they gave me actually the largest signing bonus ever in the history of the team. And, and mind you, on this team, they have probably the greatest, in my personal opinion, running back ever, Barry Sanders, Hall of Famer, just could turn on a dime and twist you inside and out. 
And they had another future Hall of Famer here, Herman Moore, a wide receiver that just dominated like Calvin Johnson does now. And maybe some of you guys aren't football folks, but these are just good, dominant athletes at what they do. And here I am, just this little kid from Mancus, Colorado, a small town of 800. Went to the University of Utah where they thought we played basketball. That's all we did. You know, all our football scores were, were 100-something to 70-something. That was football, you know. Um, so people are like, oh, where's that at? But here they are giving me $10 million to sign. Then not only did they give me the big, largest signing bonus in the team history, they also made me the highest paid defensive lineman at that time in the league. I was averaging $5 million a year to play in the NFL. So not only did I get a nice large signing bonus, I also had a, a salary that went with it that made me the highest paid player in the league. Now let me share you some heart-wrenching statistics of professional players. Within three years of men leaving the NFL, within three years of leaving the game, 80% will be bankrupt, divorced, homeless, and without a job. 80%. Now there's some discrepancy on that statistic, but it's close to 80%. And out of all professional athletes, over 60%, that's all professional athletes, NBA, NHL, MLB, um, I don't know what other sports there are out there, but all professional sports... (laughs) Thank you, soccer, MLS, golf, thank you. Of all these professional sports that over 60% of those athletes within three years of leaving their sport will end up in the same boat. And I'm here today to share with you that I'm one of those statistics. I'm a casualty of falling into that statistical category. I... Three years ago, declared bankruptcy. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? $10 million signing bonus. $5 million a year. I've played for 10 years. And I have nothing to show for it. Financially. And that was hard. It's hard. It's still hard right now, but that was extremely hard this morning, the first service to share, because to stand up here and basically say that I'm an idiot. (laughs) That I made some poor choices that not only impacted me personally, but it's impacting my beautiful family who was sitting over here this morning in the service. To be able to come before you and say, I made some bad, bad choices, and I did. I cried out, said, God, where are you? God, then I'd serve you. Know, I went to church on Sundays, God. I gave my tithing. I, I tried to be a blessing. Every time they interviewed me, I always praised you first. And I ended my, pra- and my interviews with praising you, God. God, why would you let me go through this? Why, God? Why, why are you allowing me to experience this and, and to suffer this hurt and pain that I'm feeling, and not only for myself, God, but for my wife. My wife, who's a mother of 12. Yes, I did say 12. <laughs> We've adopted seven. Thank you. We've adopted seven, but thank you. But why, God, why, why would you let me make the choices that I made? And then to take the people in my life with me through that. 
And as you're going through these struggles, and as, as I am, and, and i got to be honest, guys, going back to, and I, just real quick, I'm ADD, just so you guys know. So I apologize for you guys that like take notes and have scriptures and everything. I'm all over the place. I'm going to try it. That's why I have this right here. This is my outline. It keeps me on track. But um, I do bounce around a lot, and I apologize for that. But just hopefully, more importantly, you hear the heart of the message today. Um, but I was excited to share this message and then I wasn't excited as we got closer because I was struggling with God. Not only do I not want to share my dirt, God, but I just don't know if I could really deliver this message, Lord. And the reason why I don't feel like I can deliver this message, Lord, because I mean, I have been through it. Yeah, I've done it. I could share a little bit, but Lord, I just, I don't know. I'm just not, I just honestly almost called Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave, I can't do a message. Good luck. <laughs> But in my time with God, he really... He <sighs> yeah, six foot five, 330 pounds. Oh, my God, baby. <laughs> but in that time... Oh, thanks. In that time with the Lord, especially last night, he revealed to me that, Luther, you haven't let it go. You haven't totally surrendered it to me. You keep holding on to this flood. Here, God, I'll give you all this, but let me hold on to this because this was my screw-up. This was my mistake. He made me realize that not only do I have to surrender and let it all go, but I also have to find a way to forgive myself. I haven't forgave myself. And I needed to ask my family out loud to forgive me. That I thought I could carry this all on my own without any help. That I thought I could... And I thought I did. I really thought, God, I gave it to you. I, I, I surrendered. And, and what I feel like uh, the core truth of this morning, guys, is this. Is that being believers doesn't mean that you truly... Follow and believe God's word. And, and let me, please don't say I'm not trying to judge anyone here. What I'm trying to say to you is going to church, reading the word every once in a while, meeting with groups of people in the church, praying every once in a while, is not understanding God's truth. So many of us, I feel, gloss over, and I'm guilty. That's why I'm saying this. Was why this message is hitting me so hard this morning is I've glossed over God's truth. I proclaim His truth. He is awesome. He loves us. He'll take care of us. He'll not give us any more than we can handle. All these truths that God gives us in His Word, I profess them, but did I really believe it? Do I really believe that His Word is true? Do I really believe that His mercy is and His grace is there for me to take. And I really thought I did. And, and I think I do for the most part. But this one area of my bankruptcy, of this flood in my life, I hadn't completely given it to Him because I didn't want to surrender to His truth. That's crazy that sound. I know that sounds foolish, but I didn't understand that I hadn't completely surrendered that. And the last piece for me in surrendering that is forgiving myself. So I don't know what your struggle is today, what your flood is today, but I really want you to think about this, that floods, the struggles that we face, 
that the only time is all about you. I did say that, yeah, I'm right, I'm saying that. It's all about you. And it's probably not the way you're thinking about it's all about me. Yeah, it's right, it should. I got to take care of me. You should give me everything I lost. Give me everything I need back. No. It's all about you because the ramification of your decision of what you're going to do with this flood will have an impact for all eternity. The choice that you're going to make with your flood and what you're going to do with it and how you're going to handle it is going to impact all the relationships around you. It's going to have a ripple effect that's going to touch multiple lives, far outreaching your own vision of what could be is by how you handle, how you carry yourself through this flood. So as we get going more into this message, I just want to pray right now and, and, um, and allow God just to move. Lord, I just thank you for this moment and this time to be able to share and, uh, and to share my struggle, my flood with, uh, with these great people who are here today, God. I know there's a lot of things happening this morning with Father's Day. I've got to prepare the food. I've got to do all these multitudes of things. I've got to go still run and get my husband his present. Um, God, I just know there's so many things going on in people's lives right now that their minds might not be present right now, God. I ask, God, that you would just settle their hearts. That you would help them to be present right now. That they'd be willing to step out. And see what you have for them as they, as they look in the mirror and, and take on this flood that's in their life, God. So Lord, I just pray right now for everyone in this room, God, that you just touch their hearts, that their hearts be open to hear what you have to share with them. And that they would realize your love for them. We thank you, Lord. We say this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we go through our floods... I don't know about you guys, but going through mine, when this bankruptcy first hit, when it first came about, it was just Rebecca and I. We were the, really the only ones that kind of knew, and of course the banks knew. But it hadn't gotten out yet. It hadn't become public news, and, and part of the ply, or the uh, hard uh, the struggle of being a professional athlete is that everything I do is publicized. Da-da-da, da-da-da. Luther Ellis, the Detroit Lions, declared bankruptcy after making $20 million, over $20 million in his career. And that's something that's hard to understand and take in and say, Lord, like, I wasn't ready to share it that way. I don't know if I was ever really ready to share it. And so as we start going into this flood, as the flood overwhelms us, as the water wells up around us, I, th- I feel, at least for myself personally, I pushed away from the even God. And I pushed away from other people around me. I, I started isolating myself. I started separating myself to keep, keep everyone away because I don't want them to know the truth. I don't want them to see my hurt. I don't want them to see that I'm a failure. Because up to this point in time, folks, I never failed. i got to be quite honest. I mean, yeah, I might have got a bad grade here and there in school. But I've never failed in sports and athletics. I was always able to overcome. And maybe you men feel like this too. And what you do is that we will figure this out. I think it's how God's kind of wired us as as men. I can figure this out. I can do this on my own. I know what I need to do and I'm going to do it. 
But this is the first time I didn't know what to do. I wasn't certain of what to go or where to turn to. I mean, I didn't have money to pay for a bankruptcy lawyer. I, I don't know what to do right now. My wife doesn't know what to do right now. So I started isolating myself even more so, and I started holding it in, and I still go to church. Hey, guys, how you doing? God bless you. Good to see you today. Yeah, amen. I love being here. Thank you so much. And then I go home and just close the doors. And maybe some of you guys are facing that right now. And honestly, I don't... I mean, I probably well, I was probably depressed during this whole thing. Because when you start isolating, when you start pulling yourself away from truth and from the community around you, it starts, you start just building more and more anger and bitterness towards not only, I feel, God, but towards the people that are involved in this. And, and also now my wife, who God blessed me with, my wife and I, who are supposed to be one, now we're going like this. And she's not the enemy. She's ultimately not the one that made the decision that I made. My wife actually, and men, please hear this. My wife is actually against all the things I was trying to do. She was telling me, honey, why? Why do we got to do these things? Why do we got to invest the way we're investing? Why can't we be conservative? Well, honey, because God's blessed us and, and I'm going to take this money that we earned from these business ventures and I'm going to turn it, I'm just going to pour it all back into the kingdom. I'm going to give it all back to him. God, do you hear what I said? Come on, God, let's go. Come on, honey, let's go. It's humorous, right? Exactly. That's what I, that's what I was doing. I wasn't asking God, God, is this what you would have for me to do? And then I wasn't listening to my wife. God says we become one. So men, please hear that. You become one with your wife. Not only in relations, but I'm talking about in every decision that you make. Every decision that you make. If you don't agree on it, don't continue to move forward, men. I know that's, that's hard. I know. Because we, we, hey, we, I've looked, I've done all the tabulations. I've done everything. I've done my background check. I've done all this stuff. I've done all these things to prove that it's going to work. But if you and your wife are not one on this and you haven't sought the Lord in this, don't move forward. Trust what God says why you are one and why you should make decisions together. But it was through this isolation that I wasn't able to reach out and really let people in. And, and when I started to really come to that point where I, couldn't, I didn't know what to do. I really didn't know what to do. And, and, and what happened is, it, it was like, I felt like God was telling me, reach out, share what's going on in your life. And I was like, God, no, I can handle it. I can do it on my own. He goes, okay, let's see what you can do. We had a home here in Park City. I get a call one afternoon. The home has three feet of water inside of it. One of the fire sprinkler things broke, and it was flooding. No reason they went up is because the, the uh, water meter company noticed our, uh, also a huge spike in our, in our area. And I'm like, okay, we still got it. I don't have the money to pay for it, but I'm going to figure out something to take care of this. And then we, my wife and I were fortunate enough to go away for a weekend, and when we come back, our, our home in Michigan is leaking. 
It's flooding. I mean, it's just down our driveway. It's like a sheet of ice. It's like, what is going on here? A water pipe broke in our home. But I'm still strong. I'm not going to give in. And the final straw that kind of broke the camel's back was... when the newspaper called guy was looking through taxes and and he saw that i haven't paid my taxes the last couple years my uh, property taxes and and he called to say hey what's going on i see that you filed bankruptcy and i was angry oh good thing he wasn't standing next to me I was angry because I didn't want people to know what was happening in my life. I was now here God's place basically saying, you're going to have to share what's going on. And I wasn't ready to do that. At least I didn't think I was. And so he said, what, is that true? And I said, yes. He goes, you want to say anything about it? I said, no. <laughs> he goes, well, you know, I'm going to write about it no matter if you share or not. I said, yeah, that's fine. Do what you have to. And I hung up. Now I'm crying out to God. I said, God, why? God, why? Why are you doing this? Why do we have to make it so public? Because right now we've been doing a good job keeping it underground and people didn't know what's going on. And, and God says, I'm going to use this story. I'm going to take this flood that you're experiencing right now and I'm, I'm going to do some great things with it. I'm like, God, Really? You can't find somebody else? You might want to. He's like, no, Luther. I want you to call him back. And I want you to be honest and tell your story. And when you're telling your story, tell about how great I am. Let the people know who I am. And that's what I did. Called him back and thank you. I called him back and I said, sir, this is Luther. He goes, yeah. What's going on? I said, well, if you're going to write this story, I want to make sure you, you hear my side of the story. I want you to know what, what, why I did what I did and I want you to know how I'm getting through this. And the way I'm getting through this is because my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is my foundation. It's not easy, no, and I I don't understand why I'm experiencing this right now, but I do know this truth that Christ is the Lord, and Christ has great things for me. It wasn't because of what Christ did, it was because of my choice. Let me really say that again, folks. It was my choice that brought me into this flood. And now some of you guys might be experiencing floods that wasn't your choice. It was because of somebody else's choice. Or maybe you're experiencing a flood that... You can't explain why you're going through it. But for me, my own personal flood is because of a poor choice I made. And going through that and allowing God opening up my heart to be able to share that with that news writer, oh, guys, it was, it was, a, it was actually a big relief. Maybe some of you guys are experiencing that right now. Maybe the struggle or the flood you're experiencing right now, you don't understand, but you know the impact it's going to have if it's released. And that's why you keep containing it inside. That's why you won't release it, because you know how it's going to hurt your wife. 
You know how it's going to hurt the men that are in your community or your church. But please hear this. If you would just allow God to be God and to walk with you through this, not only walk with you, but literally carry you through this, and that you would trust Him with this, and that you would open up to what God's given us. He's given us a church. The church is to be the hands and feet of Christ. It's to come along and walk with you as you go through this valley. It's by the church that you'll be able to find his truths and not only to find his truths, but sometimes we miss his truths because we're so engulfed in, in what we're experiencing at that moment in time, right? I'm so, it's that, it's that old saying, you can't see the forest through the trees, right? Because I'm so engulfed in my flood. I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do, Lord. I don't know how to see it. And it's, it's a little still voice over here that the Lord uses through one of the people in your community that's in your lives that speaks truth to you, that makes, helps you to realize he is with you. He is blessing you. Even though they're taking all our stuff, our furniture and the stuff and our cars and everything else, I have a friend that who says, hey, Luther, I'm sorry for what you're going through, but you know what? I feel like God's laid on my heart that I want to give you this truck. You know, it's an older truck, but I just use it to haul things around. It's a 1995 F-150 pickup truck. Could you use it? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I could use that. So by releasing my flood and allowing it to start dissipating, by allowing people to step into my life and speak truth and to walk with me in this, and if I may segue here for a second, if you're one of those people that I would be seeking or somebody going through a flood of seeking, let me just give you some quick advice real quick. Don't be Mr. Fix-It or Mrs. Fix-It. Okay? Please hear that. They're coming to you because they trust you. Because they feel like you are a godly person or someone that they want to confide in. Don't try to fix their issues right away. All right? First thing is to listen. Listen. And then pray with them. And let God be God in their life. Let you just be the vessel. Let you be the hands or the feet to them to be the hands and feet of Christ. But please hear that. Please don't try to fix them right away. Now, I did say right away. What I mean by that is by sharing truths with them. And by sharing, like as my friend did, here's a blessing. Let me bless you. So I can see God working in my flood. I can see God working in my life. So as we think about James 5, 16, there's a verse that says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. And again, that's James 5, 16. If you have your Bibles, great, open up. If you have your phones, open them up. That'd be great. Uh, it's James five sixteen. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Did you guys hear that? It's not only confessing. It might not be a sin. It just might be your flood. Confess your floods to each other and pray for each other. So there it is, right? Listen, and then pray. And then what happens? Healing starts taking place. So if today you're holding on to that flood, you're holding on to that trial that you're facing right now, you're not sharing, you're not giving it out, I encourage you to read James 5.16 and to understand what Christ is telling you is that you're hurting yourself, you're destroying yourself internally by holding on. Allow the people God's put in your life to speak truth to you, to love on you, to walk through you with this trial. 
next thing I think we experience as we go through our struggles again is as I ask the very first question, God, where are you? Do you care? And if you're here today, you're a believer, hear what David says in uh, Psalm 13, I mean, yes, Psalm 69, uh, 13 through 18. If I can get those up, that'd be great. Let's read through this and see what, how David talks. He's sharing his heartfelt hurt. He's sharing what he's feeling with him. But listen to what David says. David's not cursing God. David is actually praising God and giving him thanks for his blessings that he has, even though he's going through this trial. I think so many of us, and myself included, as I go through a trial, it's like, God, come on, where are you? It's all about me. Don't you know that, God? Haven't you figured that out yet? I need help here. And we start getting angry with God. We start becoming bitter towards God. And we're saying, God, you tell me your truth, but I don't see it. I'm not living it. But as you see David, and David goes through so many things, guys. If you, if you want to read about somebody in the Bible, read about David. Man, he's the only person that God says, this is a man after my own heart. But yet he goes through so many floods. But yet during those floods, he does not turn on God. And I believe, I know I did. I turned on God. I was like, God, wow, you give me all this. Now you're taking it all away. Why? But in that, in that not turning from God, not becoming bitter, what we find is that why is David so solid and not turning on God? It's because he has a solid foundation. It's that he puts into practice what he believes. In Philippians 4, 9, Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. See, David was prepared for his floods. You guys understand that? That David, since his birth, since he's been young, since he's been a shepherd out in the fields, he was preparing for his floods, whether he realized it or not. Today, you guys are preparing for your flood. By taking God's word and reading and spending quality time with them, you are preparing the foundations to stand upon when that flood comes, because trust me, it will come. Things will happen in your life that's going to cause you to question what you believe. And if you question that, then I ask you, where are you in your relationship with Christ? Are you a priester like I was before I came to really fully commit to Christ? Priester is Christmas, Easter, God, I'm in trouble. Help me. <laughs> right? Or are you just a Sunday Christian where you come here every Sunday, you get involved, you're excited, and you leave and, and you forget his word quickly because as soon as something comes up, you start being angry with God. God, why? If you don't have depth, if you haven't really dived into God's word, if you haven't had a chance to allow his word, not only to profess it, not only to just gloss it over and say yeah I believe those truths and to hear these truths up here on stage and to profess it but to actually live it to let God's truth speak to your heart to let it sink in so when these trials come 
you'll be able to stand strong. strong. Again, Philippians 4.9 says, keep putting into practice all you've learned. Guys, I'm guilty of that. I don't do that consistently enough. And so when those trials and the floods come again, we don't know what to do. We, we turn on God. When it wasn't Him, He's here to love us and to carry us through. And when we continually put our faith into practice, then the, God's peace which surpasses all understanding. I'm telling you guys, when God finally gave me that peace early on to be able to continue to share my story, people are like, what's wrong with you? How can you be so open about your bankruptcy to the media? And again, there's another door open to share about my faith and why I was able to be able to be so open and transparent about who I am. So are there any benefits to going through floods? Yes, amen, there are. There are tons of benefits that come through floods. First one I have here is uh, we become mature and complete. We become mature and complete. By allowing God, by not only just glossing over his word, by really reading and spending time. You know, Dave talks about so much about the SOAP acronym. To dive into God's word, to really sit and be still with God. It allows us to, he, we allow God to mold and shape our hearts. We allow God to start building that foundation so when that tyrants of rains and torments of storms come, like it says in Matthew and Luke, about building your house on sand or building it on solid foundation, we are building it on that solid foundation. We're not building it on the sand. We're not just what priesters. We're not just the Sunday-going Christians. We're believers. We are true followers of Christ. And going through those struggles and going through that flood allows us to be shaped and molded by God if we have allowed Him to penetrate our hearts. If we keep saying, you keep telling him, I can do it on my own, God, trust me, I got it. I, I read your word today, I'm good. I made it through like I did. And then all of a sudden, one event after another event after another event, and finally I threw up my hands, God, help me. And all of a sudden, that's when it was the release of this pressure, of this burden was released, and I was able to start allowing God to shape and mold me, to allow me to be here on stage today, to share the truth that God's revealed to me. Second thing is, we become compassionate. We become compassionate towards those who are going through these floods. We start to feel and understand why God has placed us in a certain area and get allowed us to experience this. How many of you guys know Dave Ramsey? Experienced Dave Ramsey. When Dave Ramsey heard about my story, he called me. I don't know Dave Ramsey. Don't know who he was at the time. I'm being honest, I really didn't. I mean, I, here I am in my trial and my flood, and I'm being overwhelmed and feel like I can't swim anymore, I can't tread water anymore. And here he calls me and he says, uh, Luther, hey, I want to fly you down to Tennessee to come and go through my financial peace university. And if you guys don't know who Dave Ramsey is, Dave Ramsey is this guru on finances and, and doing it God's way. And, and God's given him so much favor that he's been able to go on Fox News and all these things and, and, and to talk about being good stewards of what God's given you. And he doesn't put it in quite those terms but on the secular television. But then when he's with you in person, you get to see this man who's taken his tragedy, taken his flood of bankruptcy, of losing millions of dollars. And to be able, God, to use that to help reach out to so many others. So I was fortunate enough to go down there and go through it. And I got to be honest, going through it, I mean, I was excited and went through it. And there's so much information. And honestly, some of us knew. 
But it was kind of overwhelming, to be quite honest. Because here I am just, yes, I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm an idiot with my money. Yes, I need help. I need a budget. I need to do those things. And when he starts throwing all that out at me, it just overwhelmed me. But Dave was compassionate towards my need. He heard those statistics, those outrageous statistics of 80% and 60%, and it really moved him and hurt him. And he's like, how do we change this? He goes, Luke, the reason I reached out to you because I found your information and I was able to call you because I want to help change that. He's compassionate towards others who've gone through or are going through what he went through. And maybe yours is something else. Again, maybe it might be divorce. It might be recovery groups or those kind of things. Who knows what it is? But God could use your story to touch so many more lives if you're willing to allow him to do that. If you're willing to allow him to, be, to shape you and to mold you and help you be compassionate towards others. Next thing here is, I love this, and, and this is where truth hits, hits the floor. I mean, it, it, it is, you become dependent. You become dependent on God. Going through my story, going through this, this flood of the bankruptcy made me realize that I can't do this on my own. That I need something more than myself, than my own fleshly desires, than my own things that I, I want to do. I need something more to be the beacon to be my North Star for me. And for me, that's Christ. And maybe you're here today, you don't know Christ. Maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I just came for the first time. <laughs> Here's this big guy on stage crying like a baby and, and talking about uh, some depressing stuff here. If you don't know Christ, you won't truly know what true freedom is. When I talk about depending on the Lord, you won't know and you can't even experience that because you don't know who he is. You haven't received him as your Lord and Savior. And, and, and for that, I ask that you would really consider hearing this message today that there is something greater than you. There is something in missing from your life. And to become totally dependent on Christ, you've got to start with the first step. The first step is to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then God will help to mature, to nurture, to shape, to help you become more compassionate towards people. So as we become dependent on God in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. That's 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. You know what the crazy thing, guys, is? is We have this awesome, loving God who gives us his greatest love letter ever, right here. And we come here and we hear the message, we read it on our own and we do those things. But then as soon as we go through a flood, we kind of pull away. The answer that we seek is right here. But yet we turn and we do it so often. And again, I'm speaking more for myself. But I've heard a lot of flood stories this week and last week. The answers that you need, the truths that you need are right here. There's already people that have done this, gone through it. Lost it all in multiple areas. Committed adultery. Murdered. Not only committed adultery, but murdered the husband. I mean, there's so many things in this word that 
how can it not be true? I mean, who's going to air out their laundry like that? But the crazy thing is we turn from God and we aren't dependent and we don't give him everything because we're just like, I don't want to let people know who I really am. So suffering gives us an opportunity. Our floods give us our opportunity to prove our commitment to God. And you're like, whoa, wait. I mean, God needs to know. It's not for God's benefit, but it's for our benefit. When we go through these floods, it allows us to really gauge where we're at with Christ and what do I really believe. When we go through these crises, allows us to surrender to the Lord. So today we're, at, we're, at, we're here at this fork in the road. Here is a crisis you're, in, you're facing right now. The question is, is what do you believe? What is it that you believe of God? Do you believe his word? Do you really take it to heart? Do you really understand that he loves you more than anything in this world? He loves you so much that he would die for you on the cross. Do you understand that message? Because if you do understand that message, then you have built that foundation and you're allowing God to use you through your flood. So I want you to vision with me if you can right now. Imagine that you built that foundation and that when those trials and those tribulations come that you allow, you trust Jesus. You're like, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to believe what you have for me and that your relationship with him is so solid. Again, that, that peace that people can't explain that. I'm just telling you guys, there's, there's been instances where you can't explain, like you see this person going through something, but they just have this, just this glow or just this thing about them. You're like, how are you staying so calm in this, this trying time? It's because they built the foundation. It's because they believe God's word. It's because they've allowed God to lead them through their flood. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank Him for all He has done. Then you'll experience God's peace. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can ever understand. His peace will guard your hearts, your minds, as you live in Christ Jesus. Again, that was Philippians 4, 6 through 7. There's the answer, guys. It's right here out of his word. If you want to how to figure out how to get through your floods, is you've got to ask yourself, what do I believe? What do I believe today? And again, if you don't know Christ today, I'm just going to pray real quick. And just understand, there's no like special prayer you have to pray. It's really not. It's just a conversation with God saying, God, you know, I realize I'm a sinner. I need you. And I need you to take away all my sins. Simple as that. And if you are a believer today, let me ask you this. Do you believe? Do you believe this is true? 
as you're walking through your floods, do you turn to him? Do you cry out? It's okay to cry out. God, I need you. Where are you? I'm not feeling it. Or do you hold it in and not allow him to to come and comfort you? Floods are coming. Are you going to be ready? Let's pray. Lord, just thank you for this morning, God. Thank you for what you've done here and just uh, for allowing me to get over my pride, allowing me to get over myself, Lord, and, and to be honest and with our body here, God, and with the church and to share my story, God. And God, I just pray that all of us are going or will go through these different floods, God, that we don't turn and run from you, God, that we don't question your goodness, your faithfulness, your love, that we realize that it is because of that is that why I'm able to walk through this, that I will have an impact on people who are around me who know my story, who know what I'm going through, who will be a witness without me even having to say anything because I trust and have faith in what you are doing in my life. God, help me not just to read your word and walk away from it. Help me to believe everything that's in it and help me to not only believe it, God, but help me try to live it out, God. Doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect, Lord, but it does mean I'm trying does mean i'm putting you in the seat of my throne god you are the head of my household god so lord as we wrap up here this morning god i just pray that you would move in everyone's heart who's here god in whatever fashion whatever however you need to touch them god i just pray you continue to help them to work through this lord we thank you we thank you that you are coming that comfort is coming now all we need to do is continue to turn to you We say it's in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.